Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is the point in the race where everybody is on their own. You just need to be prepared to pick up some emotional slack. I don't care. Was that the day that we couldn't find coffee? Not to brag, but like we're old. I'm doing the best I can. We suck at so many things on this race. <laughs> Lowercase Greek is Greek. So Holderness Family Cry Counter goes up by one. <laughs> Sticks and stones may break my bones. That's the new saying. I was prepared to be embarrassed. Yeah. That wasn't really a needle in the haystack. That was more of like a needle in a needle store. You would have to have been a psychopath to run up a hill carrying 300 plates. Let's get the bleep out of here. We love Jesus, but we cuss a little. Hey, everybody. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ken Holderness. Welcome to the Amazing Race Leg 9 Recap on the Holderness Family Podcast. Uh, this is being recorded the morning after. We want to put a quick disclaimer out there that this is happening as the Russia-Ukraine situation is elevating. And we want to put a little bit of perspective out there that we are chasing weird clues actually in a place pretty close to the Ukraine, about the two hour drive, and that definitely some thoughts are with those people who we actually met along the way, who aren't too far aren't too far away from it. Yeah, so it feels silly to be talking about a game show yeah. right now, but I just want it, we're going to, we're but we realize it. there's a lot more important things happening right now, but here we go, yeah. let's get started. Um, we always start with kind of the pre-race mood. At that point, we had won three legs in a row, four total. But we weren't feeling super comfortable, right? No, no. I, so I think we mentioned this in the last week's podcast. This is where we're starting to look at every single member who is racing. Nothing against the people who've been eliminated, but seeing them as like a real threat to knocking us out of this thing, yeah. right? And you go from first to last in, a, in, in the blink of an eye in this show, and there are, <laughs> there are those great equalizer challenges. There are also compression points where they just bring you closer together with certain activities or departure times. So you like, I don't remember ever feeling super comfortable starting a race. No. And I, I think for me, 
we've talked a lot about it and I know it's probably boring to hear about it, but there's a clip that we're going to play for you in a second. I talk about kind of our weird family motto of I'm doing the best I can. And it, it literally, it, it came out of a marriage counseling session with uh, Christopher Edmonston, where he's like, just keep in mind, most people are doing yeah. the best they can with what they've, with, with what, what they've got. And I was approaching this day with super high anxiety. I, the way my brand of anxiety, like even if things are going great and the sun is shining, I was just was kind of like internally vibrating. And yeah. I had already told Penn, I'm not feeling great today. And it was nothing about like a premonition about the day, nothing like that. I'm like, you just need to be prepared to pick up some emotional slack. I'm going to do my best. But if, if we were at home, this would want to be, be one of those days where I would have really struggled to get in the shower and I would have really struggled to be productive and get work done. So being on the race and not having a choice, really, it was my brain was not in a great space. Was that the day that we couldn't find coffee? Cause like I, and not, not to talk about things off the, yes. off the, off the screen, but sometimes you can't find coffee. Well, and I'm just meant like, what if like that is, we had, um, there was a language barrier. Yeah. Even, so we stayed in this really great hotel. <laughs> yeah, you nice. see, it's kind of like searching for the hotel. It was a really great hotel, but there's usually somebody in the hallway. So if you need something, they only spoke Greek and no English. And so Penn went out saying like, can we get some coffee, get some water in the morning? And he goes, <laughs> I'm going to tell like, by the way, this is the nicest guy ever. So nice. Okay. So I was very grateful for him, but I don't know how much English he spoke. So, I, cause I said, can, could we get some coffee? And I think what he wanted to say was, I don't know. I don't understand. Right. And what came out of his mouth was, I don't care. care. <laughs> And I don't care. So that's a quote like in our family yeah. now so we start I, using. I just like he was smiling. I'm like, oh, what a sweetheart. And, and but then no coffee. No um, coffee. And so but that that for people who drink it every morning, I, I'm just like as we're sitting here realizing that was that morning. I think we eventually got coffee. I can't imagine. Yeah. But I think by the time you got coffee, you were pretty triggered looking for coffee. Yeah. And then was, there were all these other things going on. You know, OK, we ripped the clue. Mm-hmm. We ripped we, the clue. We are navigating our way. And navigation, let's talk about that real quick. In the previous leg, they gave us step-by-step directions only to get to Mamos. And those were very cryptic directions. And then after that, we had to go find people and, and make, you know, make our way by ourselves. And we did pretty well, not to brag, but like we're old and we are used to MapQuest like 2003. So we found things pretty easily. But we didn't even know the town we were in. And that's another thing, like right. with this version of the race. So... And, and even if it, there was a sign with the town we're in, let's just re- remind people that Greek letters, you may understand the uppercase letters if okay. you've been in a fraternity or a sorority or just look around. The lowercase Greek letters, which is how maps, I mean, that's how signs are in the United States. Lowercase Greek is Greek. It is all Greek to me. Like I did not understand what an R looked like or a V or a lot of these other letters. So it was hard to even understand that from that standpoint. So the map didn't even have the current city we were in and we didn't even know the name of the city we were in. So let's uh, play a clip from the show about us trying to find our way. I have my big monologue and Penn goes, correct. And Lydia from Lydia Loves TV says, correct is the new ditto. Is there any reason to add anything else there? No. I think correct is the right way to do it. By the way, you mentioned that doing the best I can for you originated from talking to Christopher, our counselor, which is true. I remember that was one of the things that he said. I always thought the origination was when Penn Charles threw up all over me on the airplane. 
And I literally didn't know what else to say, except I'm doing the best I can over and over again. I think, I think our, our, I think what his statement, his statement, plus what we had, you know, encountered in life. Plus getting, well, it was just a fun story. He just was puking all over the plane and Kim was like throwing at me. I think she had diapers from someone else's diaper bag who was next door. And I was just cleaning puke up after myself. And there's that point when you're a dad and you don't know what else to do. You just panic and you go, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I can. So, uh, so yeah, it's a combo of both of those things. So we leave the pit start and we not knowing where we were, we did know where we were the day before. Right. So we drove, we knew exactly how to get to the church where we were. And there had been a little cafe across the street where we got directions. So we went there. It turns out that was a little out of the way, found a very nice man. Again, nobody, very kind, nobody spoke English, but they just pulled a map up on the phone. And then I compared the map we had. And he, so he told me on the table and we were like this far off, there's like blank space. And he just told me the road to look for. So- It's like loop road or something, right? Everybody struggled to get there, but we didn't. Well, I mean, so let's, let's talk about this. You asked the right questions to the man who spoke no English. We got that one road. It was, I think it was called Loop Road or something. Ring Road. Ring Road, yeah. And it looked like a ring on the map. Yeah, belt line. So once you got on that road, there's only so far you could get lost. So when you found that Ring Road sign, which by the way, was dirty. Like it was, it had like weird brown stuff on it. And the Ring Road was written in a crazy color that I could barely understand. And I'm so glad that you saw it. But you heard me say, oh, are you on the map now? That is code for Kim is now like we're going from what this guy said to Kim is an autopilot. And on this race and on this show, that's been a very comfortable place for me because you've done a really good job, like just reading the maps. And that's when you finally got to start doing that. I would say like we suck at so many things on this race, but (laughs) obvious things. things. Like honestly, the more obvious it is, like the more we're going to suck at it. And I struggle with confidence in general in my life. I struggle, but I, at this point, and even it's taken me rewatching this to know that like, we were really good at navigating. Well, we went from being tied for first place to finding this theater and, and having like a good 30 minute head start so, and looking for the rocks, right? Okay, here we go. So we find the theater without any trouble, which was again, I mean, I'm not going to say like I'm the most brilliant person ever, but we did a good job there, but here prepared for my suck. So leave no stone unturned. It was a roadblock. And again, just for our new friends here, sometimes I, I, I spit out these amazing race terms and there's a lot of people who are watching for the first time. A roadblock is a task in which only one person, the team can perform. And he, if I'm performing this task, he can't help me. So I'm sure he saw my strategy and how bad it was. And he probably would have been like, hey, babe, you're not actually touching every single rock, you know, but he can't. There, there really isn't much else I would have done differently, but that, yeah, that's a good point. Like there may be a couple things. So, and this is important because I've got about 1000 Twitter mentions on this is that not a thousand, hundred. They were like, why didn't you pile them up? Here's what the clue said. It was, you know, search for the stage for one gold coin, you know, presented to the Oracle to receive your next clue. The rules were you had to place the rock exactly how you found it. And you could not mark it in any way. Like they were very particular and that makes sense, right? So if I was there and I just piled them up, it then becomes easier for everybody else to find it. It was my turn. We got there. 
And there's a picture of me and you see the back of me and you see the stage of just covered in stones. I, I assumed we were in first place. I mean, I just assumed we were in first place. And I've talked to Dusty about this. We were texting yesterday and you see me, I start crying before anybody else gets there. So Holderness family cry counter goes up by one. <laughs> There'll be more guys. Did the, we have a kiss also when, before you left? There a kiss? Did the kiss counter go up? Do we have a kiss counter? I, I don't know. I think that the kiss counter went up as well. I think right as you were leaving. I think um, we did. I think we smooched. Um, sorry. Sorry. I have to say, and so Dusty and I talked about this. There's something overwhelming about being there alone and being, it's, Again, you know, like TV doesn't do it justice, the whole thing. It was a huge stage with 5,000 stones. And in this task, you know, the stones, they weren't prop stones. So you see me kind of walking through and I'm, my production brain takes over. I'm like, oh, it's probably got styrofoam stone. So it's going to look different. So the first thing I did was like walk through. I'm like, no, nope, these are all freaking stones. And they were very heavy. So it was like kind of pulling up. And then I am an obsessive note taker and for some reason I find comfort in like knowing times and knowing, I, I don't know why that was a great comfort to me. I wrote down times when people arrived and stuff like this. So I looked at my wine, I had a half hour there alone, but I had a strategy. It sucked a little bit. I sucked at it, but here's my strategy. Ready? We couldn't stack them. We couldn't move them. So I saw GoPros on the ground and this is where my production <laughs> Where my production background failed me because I'm like, oh, if there's GoPros, the stone's got to be near there. So I picked the areas that they were closest to the GoPros. They were closest to the GoPros. That's not where the stones were, y'all. And so I first, before anybody got there, there's probably like five areas with GoPros, and I just went all around what I knew is the camera range, which is very wide angle of the GoPros. I did take it in sections and pie shapes. There was some discussion of like, I think a rune strategy was just to go with the outside. And then my problem with that is like, where do you stop? Like you've done three here, you've done three here. So I was doing like the pie shape. Yeah. I, I want to throw it, kind of jump in and say a couple yeah. things here. Okay. So I had a different perspective from you. I had a, I don't think you ever saw the bird's eye view of the stage until the TV show aired. Right. Right. So you only saw a ground view of it. And it was interesting because when I, I was on the ground at first with you and I saw the stones and it, it looked pretty terrible and it's really hard to understand what a circle looks like when you're standing there on the ground. Yeah. The circle and the piece of pie that you were kind of, you, you were looking at it like a clock, right? right. Like, I, like I'm going to do 12 o'clock to one o'clock and two o'clock and just kind of work your way into like a wedge right. in the middle of the stage. And I could see all of that. I had plenty, we had plenty of time. Plenty Everyone of time. up there, Kayla, uh, Rusty and Natalia and I, sorry, Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> I, I started calling them Rusty on the show it was easier. Natalia and I saw what everyone was doing, but it's so unfair for the people on the stage because they can't see the bird's eye view that we see. It's like watching a football game and seeing a wide open wide receiver down the field and saying, why isn't the quarterback throwing it to him? Well, he can't see him. There's like a bunch of six footers in front of him beating the crap out of each other. Right. So we could, <laughs> we could see what you were doing and, but it wasn't as accurate because you can't read a clock when you're inside the clock. Mm -hmm. So I felt real compassion for you on the, like at that moment, you didn't really understand it until you saw it last night. But as someone who got to see both perspectives, 
everyone's theories were sound, but they kept going back over the same rocks because every rock looked the same and every perspective looked the same. I mean, you could anchor yourself with that Oracle as 12 o'clock, but you're still not going to be accurate enough to get that perfect wedge when you're looking for it. Right. So it was, uh, uh, to me, it was equal parts maddening and a little bit fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I'd honestly walked in afraid of these needle in the haystack challenges because they famously, I mean, they're famous on this race and you knew there were going to be one. Funny thought, I was kind of clocking, you know, we've watched this race, like what kind of challenges they're going to do. And I thought that his leg two in the mail rail <laughs> was the, the I'm like, check, we've done needle in the haystack. Which I sucked at. But I'm telling you, we suck at finding things. We suck at all of them. So although the, that wasn't really a needle in the haystack. That was more of like a needle in a needle store. And so like it was because, but I'm like, oh, we've done our needle in the yeah. haystack for the season. We're done. So, but I also know that there was that sandcastle one. I think it was season 21 where you, they had a, a sand, it was a beach full of, of, of sand pails that were overturned and you lift it up and it was a sand castle and the clue would be underneath. And so a lot of people were just kind of, and you had to rebuild the sand castle. That was to, so that was absolutely, yeah, that, that, that's a really good comparison to yeah. this one. So, but on my couch eating my potato chips, I'm like, there, and there was four teams, three teams, four teams that agreed to take a penalty they're like, they'd gone through the beach five different times and they're like, let's just take a penalty. But on my couch, I'm like, they're not digging down far enough. Like it's so obvious. Right. So you see me at one point stand up, by the way, knees, I, still, I have a scar on my knee and my wrist is still so messed up from this challenge. Didn't you have like phantom rocks in your hand for the rest of the day? Like you felt like you felt like. There was something I knew I was doing wrong there. Like. I knew that the, what's the equivalent of not digging down far enough. So you see me, I'm like, what? I'm not. And so what it was, was I was just missing rocks, right? I, you know, like Penn said, I was creating little landmarks on the stage, but you see me, you know, touching it, kicking it. Everybody did. I will say my knees were bleeding. My hands were toast. I had gloves, work gloves, but they were in the car. I didn't bring my bag with us and I didn't want to waste the four minutes to run there and back because it was a little yeah. bit of a hike down to the car to go get it. So I was like, let's just suck it up. I will also say my strategy, I was being very precious about it because the clue said you must return the, you know, to the way you found them. So you see stacks of rocks and I was like lifting, putting it down, lifting, putting it down. And then honestly, when Raquel got there, she obviously had a better strategy. She was just like flipping them and just letting them Fall where, fall they, where they were. And they weren't stacking up, but they were, she knew when they were being flipped over because this was kind of early in the morning. There was condensation. Mm -hmm. So the bottom of the rocks were wet. So that was like, and they dried out after a while. But we're, I mean, especially from up top, we're like, oh crap. You can tell which ones are flipped over now because they had condensation on the bottom of them. And I think Raquel was the first one who did that because you are such a rule follower. And usually that serves you very well. Right. So I was always so... In hindsight, I was obviously being too literal, but I was like, oh, well, freak it. If she's just flipping them over, that's when I kind of was, I just, I yeah. started, but I, that was 45 minutes to an hour I, I had been there. So I was prepared to be embarrassed. Yeah. There, there was a tweet and there were a lot of these people saying like Chris or Kim, Chris wrote, Kim has touched every rock, just hasn't flipped over every rock. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain. If you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up child care in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. Can I give you some more peanut gallery perspective? Yeah. Because at this point, we're getting close to where everybody has showed up. Yeah. Right? Because Raquel showed up and then it it was not very long before the other two teams got there. Yeah, I think because I... I'm such a nut about this stuff. So Raquel got there 30 minutes after we got there. Dusty got there 15 minutes. Right. And then Arun and Natalia got there like 10 to 12 minutes after Dusty got there. Yeah. So I was there a full hour before or like almost it was like 55 minutes before Arun got there. Right. And so he gets there. I'm like, he's going to get it. By the way, he's the most positive person. He's so positive. We're talking about Arun. Arun. Like he, he also just doesn't give up ever. He never gives yeah. up. Like someone could tell him there's twenty thousand rocks and he would still be out there looking. He just he he's he's indefatigable. I think it worked. Okay. Okay. So um you also see me making the sound like we've we've done the pan sound that like we about that when you mess up. And on the amazing race, you know, sitting on my couch. My favorite part is when somebody's screwing something up and it's so obvious to the people on the couch because they're highlighting it. And I knew I had been there at that point. I was saying that I'd been there for more than an hour. I knew statistically one of us had touched it. I literally like I had my hand on it. And I know I know the part they showed. It was after Raquel found it. So. They played because I knew we were screwing up. I knew I was screwing it up because I had been there the longest. And again, I'm not bragging about having been there the longest. I'm just the at this point, the biggest like I, I was I was doing the most wrong because I had been there the longest. Yeah. It's not a 
brag there. When Raquel found it, there was even a clip of me in the show going, I wish it was me, but I'm glad somebody found it because I, I knew they were there because the whole time I was asking production, I'm like, you sure the interns put the rocks on here? Like, are you sure? Yeah, or is it some kind of trick where you're supposed to say the stone is inside of me? Or some kind of metaphysical realization that you're half like it, it, it did. It was so maddening um, for all of you. I know because odds wise with all those stones, you guys should have found them a long time ago. The As you said, and as we said, um, it started out with people not really flipping them over and looking at all of them. It was almost like tilting them up and because peaking. you had to put them back yeah. the right way. And And here's the other thing. When, when I saw, I didn't see the coin until the, the show. I thought the coin was going to be bigger. I thought, it, I don't know why, because like, why would a coin be bigger? But the coin was like the size of a quarter and it was roughly the color of some of those rocks. It was very dull. So it's possible even that, that you guys had seen a couple of them. And when you were peeking under, they were there, but you didn't look hard enough. A hundred percent. No, that, that's, that was my B. Um, so the, it was like a little bigger than a quarter. So as soon as Raquel got it, I was like, okay, you got it. And I sprinted up there to look at hers before they swept it away. I was like, okay, it's. Because I didn't know if they like glued it to a rock, so it'd be teetering, but it was actually dug into the rock. Yeah, like screwed and, into the and rock. And hers was flat. So when you see me, you see me balancing myself on a rock because I'm like, oh, it has to be flat. It's a flat rock because I'm, this is where I overthought it. I'm like, a production department person has to like drill it in. These flat rocks are, are stronger because some of the rocks were, although heavy, would crumble when you'd put them down. I'm like, oh, there's no way they would withstand, you know, a drill and a prop department. So you had a realization of the shape of the rock. So I thought they were all going to be flat. And this was after you saw Raquel get the rock. That yes. was your, okay. And that, that's the way you see me balancing it and you see Dusty in there too because we, I think Arun did too, but Dusty and I were in the same section when she found it and we're just like, flipping yeah. it and i will also say you they show where the rocks were on the show and they were all on like this one 30 percent set what a isn't that crazy F. did you realize that you didn't realize that before last night i don't think anybody did i don't no. think anybody knew exactly where they were when they found the rock because it, it's a circle and no wonder it dusty was then spending so much time on the other side of the stage because like you know you think if three were found here there's no way they're going to put a fourth right there what uh, th I, this is one of the reasons why, and uh, you're not going to like hearing this. This is going to be one of the reasons why this is going to be a lot of people's, like one of their top 10 favorite challenges that the amazing race has I ever done. 47 times. I mean, people like challenges that don't seem hard, but turn out to be really hard and that have profound effects on people. And it was obvious, like, you know, we're, we're talking through this and you still haven't found the coin. But let's just back up here. It had been almost two hours at this point. Yeah. Right? So Raquel found it after she had been there for an hour and a half, which meant I was there for two hours. Right. And I will. There was questions on Twitter like, did anybody consider taking a penalty? <laughs> penalty discussion was brought up by the peanut gallery. No, it was me. You did? Yeah, I'm the one. I, well, I I brought it up to everybody. Uh, I said, you guys, you don't understand. Like there was a point where you guys were all there together, every single one of you looking at rocks for one hour. I didn't think we were going to do it, but I was like, guys, let's do the math. How many hours is a roadblock? And I, what, what, I can't remember the answer. Four, four, four hours. So four hours. And the next thing I said was, like, we were, we were all genuinely worried about 
the people who we loved on, on that. Like you were, Kim, you were obviously having a tough time. Dusty, I think you saw it, was really in a dark place. Arun was fine. Arun could have kept doing it forever. He could still be there and Um, be fine. And at this point, Raquel was still there. And I know she talked about her meditating, but her body language was also something of of frantic. I think that was what Kayla said. Like, you know, Raquel, she's, she's doing fine. And I just said, like, what happens if we do this and all leave at the same time? Would anybody have a problem with that? And the initial response from all four of us in the peanut gallery up there, we're like, I think that would be okay. And then usually like we, we kind of, we thought about it. I think I may have mentioned it. No, cause somebody brought it up to me and I, yeah. I'm not going to mention names. I'll let that person talk about it. If they want to talk about said, we should take the penalty. And so here, and no, and there's even extra scenes. Like I'm talking to Phil at the end. My kids had like very few requests from us. And one of them was like, never take a penalty, yeah. but not just because I'm so passive aggressive Like I stay in relationships, like friendships longer than I should, because I'm just not a quitter. Like I will, it's why I'm bad poker player because I'm never going to fold because I'm not going to quit. I'm just, it's not a really mentally healthy thing about how I don't quit. But I also knew when it comes to, and I'm not a slow person. I'm not slow. I run, we, I think I average like an 855 pace without a backpack and a nine minute mile with a backpack for five miles. Like I'm not a slow person, but out of that group, I'm the slowest. So if we became a foot race situation, which there was five miles of running after this, we were out. And so I, and I also just like, I just never wanted to give up, but other people were considering it. it. Well, but it was the people who were considering it were the people who weren't doing it. Uh, That's, that's worth mentioning. And the reason why is because we were watching this unfold and it was everybody on that race loved everybody who they were racing with very deeply. And, the, the concern for the people on that on that floor, especially like it, it, it was right around right before Raquel found it, where it had been about 90 minutes of everyone there together turning over stones. And we started to notice the bruises and the bleeding on my everyone's legs were, my legs were bloody. We, and I mean, we, we were f- maybe 30, 40 yards away and we could see the blood and we could see the bruises. And it, it was just it was torture. And we were like, what? can we do something to put a stop to this? And then we all leave together and then we try to make it to the next pit stop. You have to understand coming from our perspective, why we were doing that. But I also understand from your perspective, like if I were down there looking for the rocks and someone said, take a penalty, I would have said, hell no. Yeah. But that's, that's why that happened. No, you were trying to be protective. And I was like, no, we, we actually, I would rather still be there because I know, yeah. but it didn't change the fact that we were, I mean, we were really shook by what we were seeing both mentally and physically manifesting itself in front of us. Yeah. I had been there for two hours when Raquel found it and I looked at my watch and then I just started retracing it in the sections. I started in the center. So my, my theory was, and I like literally sat in front of the Oracle and I moved my way out. I'm like, let me work backwards now. And then I found it and I was like, holy crap, I found it. And the first thing I did before I marched it up to the Oracle is I showed it to Arun and Dusty to say like, this is what it looks like. And I apologize. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I felt, and there are extra clips on the Amazing Race YouTube channel. Like I felt a profound sense of like guilt because it wasn't like I had beat them, you know, building a puzzle or solving some great challenge. It was dumb luck that I got it. And I knew that by me getting it, their chance, it, it became infinitely harder for them to get it. 
so I was there and that's why the production had Dusty there for three hours. If you do the math of how far I got there ahead of time, I was there for two and a half hours. So I was there like the second longest because Arun found it right after. So he had really, I think he and Raquel were there for an hour and a half. Your response was we hugged. You said that was terrible. And then you said, let's get the bleep out of here. They had to put a little thing over your face. I'm going to go ahead and say that that was the perfect time to use that word. I know like in our kids, they've heard us swear. And those of you who watch us know that we try not to. We love Jesus, but we cuss a little. Yeah, we. Yeah, exactly. We love Jesus, but we cuss a little. And there is a time and a place for everything. And that was the time to say that phrase. And you should regret nothing about that. Um, It was dead on correct. It made me laugh in the moment. I know how tortured you were. We were all hurting up top for you. I think in in keeping with that, we will get the bleep out of here and and move on to the next leg or next part of the leg. But I also want to say, you know that that is going to be an all time event, which you took part in that people are going to be talking about for a long time. And I think one of the reasons why was because you and Arun and Dusty and Raquel were so incredibly open about how difficult this was and shared your emotions, including that time. I mean, I I think Dusty, I had no idea all that stuff was going on with Dusty, but like what a journey for him to get to that rock, even though he was so far behind everybody else. I know. And, um, even Penn said it in that intro clip is like the person who's going to be here last. That's just mean. Oh yeah. No, I was doing the odds. Like I'm an odds guy. And I think that in that moment, Ryan was the best partner for the person who was going to be there last because of what Ryan has lived through. And I, Dusty and Kayla actually have a podcast, but stop podcast. I'm sure they're going to talk a lot about it, but Ryan, you see Ryan bringing him up and just puts things in perspective. Like we're in this beautiful place and let's just figure it out. And it wasn't soon after that, that Dusty and I, everybody in our house like stood up and started clapping when he found it. Like there was like, our kids were so happy. I mean, we were so happy. I think he, he was very real and honest and vulnerable and it's, it's a game show at the end of the day, Yeah, but it, it's also, it, it's something that we had all worked so hard for and we were all so invested in that it, it was, it plays mind tricks anyway. Yeah. But, but Dusty, this is for you because I am not your partner. I was the one sitting there thinking about numbers cause I'm a nerd. Um, I could have told you that if you had turned over 50 rocks a minute, which was about the pace a lot of you guys were doing it, like a, you would rest for five seconds and you'd be going about one rock per second. When you have four stones in a 5,000 stone area and you turn over 50 rocks a minute, the odds are that you would get it in, at some point you will have gotten to every single stone in 100 minutes if you did all the stones correctly. Which I did not. If you're by yourself, if you're, if you have four stones out there, that number shrinks to 25 minutes that you could have turned over every single stone in 25 minutes. If you were looking for and hoping to get one fourth of them, if they put them all in one area, that number goes back up. But the odds of you finding the first stone versus you finding the last stone are so astronomically different that I like when, when I saw you doing that last bit, just the number side of me was like, Oh, that poor guy. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm so proud of him for staying with it and finding it. I know we're going to calling this next section, navigating with a nervous breakdown. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, and this is not our first time doing this. I think one of the reasons that this season in particular is incredibly hard is that after, I think in another season, they have maybe two, maybe three self-drives. This is like 
all self-drive. And after a challenge like this, where you were just emotionally spent, I mean, I'm physically beat up. You hear Arun, his knees were buckling. Like we are, I'm physically beat up, emotionally beat up. He's like the emotional toll of just being the person watching. But oh yeah, you still have to find your way in an ancient city with worth like bizarre road signs. You've got to navigate, which in Greece is not like, hey, take a left, I'll check back in in 10 minutes. Yeah. You're, you're constantly having to look at where you're going. And if you're driving, obviously you have to be looking where you're going. All so the you're, time. there is from the moment they say go, you're just in struggle. You're just in struggle. So the map they had given us in the car was of the town proper, but it almost looked like a chamber of commerce map because it only had. Yeah. It had like, all the places they wanted you to visit. Yeah. But not like where they want us to park. Right. And so they show Arun and Natalia struggling to find parking. I think we circled around it once too. It wasn't and these little tiny alleys. It, it was hard to find. I mean, we don't need to dwell on that, but I was so so toast. Yeah. I was so done. Were you happy to get out of the car? I mean, I, I'm always happy to get out of the car, but it's so funny. I mean, every, every show that you see that the, the clue says, okay, you can ditch your car for the rest of this leg. It's, this relief. it's this relief for me, but boy, we could have used it. <laughs> so the rest of this particular no, life. I would. I know that there's even an extra <laughs> clip on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen this of us just running. Yeah. And I think so at that point, running. somebody had asked us like, oh, do you wish, you know, do you wish you had your car? And they didn't actually show all of the running because they can't. And we said, no, I mean, my knees are toast. I'm like, I would rather run five miles, which we ended up doing. We see Raquel and Kayla, you know, going down yeah. the road while we're trying to find the parking lot. And so at that point, I mean, I'm doing math. And so by the time we get to the parking lot and get to where they were, it was, we were 20 minutes behind them. Can, so. I, can I mention something about Raquel and Kayla running by? Because mm -hmm. you saw this on the race. They ran by. I was like, good job, girls. And they just kept going. And I think you heard me say on the show, huh, they didn't want to talk to us. Did you say that? I didn't or, that. or they didn't talk to us. I mentioned something. Okay. And I want to address that because at first, here, here's the here's the effect that it had on me. We like they like we had been running at one point earlier in the show and they had yelled at us, which way do we go? Oh, and, in Lugano. In Lugano. And we yeah. had pointed that way out. So to me, the, my first re reaction was like, huh, maybe if I were them, uh, I, you know, I would have been nice and stopped and said something. First of all, they said they didn't see us. And that's they fine. Us, they no. may not have seen us. They had a very like race blinders look on themselves. Here's the other thing. I realized while I was in that car, a lot has changed since Logano. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That was like a month ago on TV. It was uh, at least a week ago on the show. And it's down to four people now. And I realized as they ran by, of course. Why would they help us? I yeah. don't like, but that was my, I'm just telling you on this long journey, that was my realization. We're done helping people. Yeah. And it wasn't, I wasn't being pissy about it. I wasn't like, oh, we're done. It was like, oh, because I we're to down to four. We're done. We're on our own. Yeah, they don't. And nobody, you know, but we were, we tried to be, when we could, we were trying to be good about like, oh, there it is. We were pointing people in our direction. But that's not the time Even to do like, it. Yeah. No. And I, I, I mean, I honestly, if I would, if the situations were reversed, because you don't know how much more you have ahead, I would have, but they, again, when I told them afterwards, I'm like, you ran right past us. Like we saw you, you were booking it. And they were like, I had no idea. Like, I, yeah, they didn't see us. It, what I'm saying is I don't even think it matters whether they saw us or not. That was my realization that this is the point in the race where everybody is on their own. And that it was right then and there because we were, I mean, an hour before I was talking about taking a team roadblock. So everyone together could get out of there as a team. And, and, uh, no, no, not anymore. Yeah. It's down to four. I mean, this thing is over in a week. 
Yeah. And I see, you see Arun and Natalia park and go up. There was like this fortress. It wasn't there. So, and I get it though, because they're supposed to look for Socrates. So like you would there think- There were a lot of fortresses. There was a lot. There was this beautiful walled city. So, but it wasn't there. So we had, we went in the street and I had seen where we needed to go on the map. And I'd seen, we'd seen Raquel and Kayla run that direction. So we found sweet Socrates. What a dude that guy was. So I, I, I know that everyone knows, let's not, let's lift the veil a bit that everyone who is playing a classic Greek character, queen or prime minister is an actor. This is obviously not Socrates. I like, I, at first I was like, that guy looks like he's on meth, but my, my new appreciation of him once I was over was I really thought that as an actor, he made some really bold choices, choices. And I think that's what a good actor does. He was the lean. Wasn't he the most memorable actor that we ran into? Like, I'm trying to think of the other ones. There was Napoleon. There was, uh, there was, uh, Aristotle down at the bottom. There was the queen. There was Boris. I mean, but this is, yeah. I'll like, I'll always remember Socrates. He really got into it. And I was like, I don't even know how to react to you right now. What's to say he didn't act. Maybe Socrates did act like that. Who knows? Maybe he was a little insane. Maybe. I was like, I'm a fan of your work. At that point, I was just (laughs) done. Um, so it was detour. It was... I don't even know. This is how out of it at this point. The name of it was like break them or carry them or whatever. So the, everyone picked a break. So uh, I will say so the, the choices were you break a stack of 300 plates and you have to find a little clue or carry 300 plates up a hill and deliver them to a restaurant. What psychopath after that day? It's going to not only have to like find, find two places, but then carry things up a hill. Like we're not psychopaths. And so I do, I don't like it when you just never see the other side of the detour. If I were putting this together, cause I told you like, I want to go back as a producer on the amazing race. Like that's my retirement plan. When, <laughs> when the kids go to college, I want to go work for the amazing race. I would have maybe made it so there was only two stations of plate breaking. So people had to do the other one or three stations. So you, so you had to do the other one. Because I feel, I feel bad for the, like the little restaurant that set up all those plates. Oh, come on. Do you know how long it took to sweep those over? Not sweep. No, no, that you the, the stack of plates that you would have carry up the hill. But no, you would have to have been a psychopath to run up a hill carrying three hundred plates. Also, let's just be honest. Everyone wanted to break stuff. Oh my god! Everybody so wanted rage. to break stuff. Everyone, people who watched what happened to you guys. Obvious. I mean, did you see the way that? Dusty was breaking those plates. They weren't even looking when they were smashing yeah. them. They were so funny because they were like, <laughs> you know. Well, what was funnier, that or the one-two um, of oh, Raquel, Raquel and Kayla? One-two, one-two. You guys one, two. are so cute. We just like, we we were We were listening to the music and kind of, well, I was trying no, to enjoy it. I have it. to say, okay, there is a tweet. Yeah. I'm sure Penn is a great guy, but if I was married to him and having a bad day or was out of patience, I'd probably <laughs> smother him with a pillow. I was, he was like, Opa dancing. I was like, bring it down. I'm not in an Opa mood. Then somebody said, uh, I was worried Kim Penn were going to be on for the cameras all the time, but I love the snarky high strung Kim. That's me yeah. showing some real emotion while still being respectful to each other. So he, I, I know Penn and that is, I always call him my golden retriever because sometimes you need that. But that in that moment, I was like, "Bring it down, wilderness." Yeah, no, and I figured like you heard me say, "Like, are we are we gonna chill a little bit? We're gonna chill." Um, you were like 
a couple of times like at, when I was doing that, you were breaking the plates awfully close to my ankles. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there that, uh, I was like, let's not dance. Let's not do this now. Like I, I, I was just like, and I knew you were in Greece, like you enjoy the race and you were like, we're in Greece. Let's do this. This is so fun. Like, let's enjoy this experience. Isn't and- it funny how, when you're in first, like that's okay. Like it, I, I saw Kayla and Raquel they're like, Oh, it's so beautiful. I know. That's the kind of thing you say when you're in first. first. <laughs> and I think my response was like, I'm allowed to say it when I'm not in first. No, but I think my, I said something like, I can't wait to come back and never do this again. Um, <laughs> right. Because it was just, I think, and I mentioned that, you know, one of my dear friends got married in Greece. And so there was this plate breaking and it was so much fun and celebratory this time. It was just pure rage. And so we, you break the plate. Finally, um, you get this little tiny piece of paper and says white tower. And again, on our, um, little tourist map, white towers on the water. So we found it really, it's, it was another three miles from where we were, I think. And we were pretty confident, although, we knew where we were. We knew we, we knew we were in second place because we had seen Raquel and Kayla's pile of plates. We had not seen anybody else come behind us. Yeah, let's be honest. So, we, like, we, this is this podcast. We're gonna we're gonna put we're gonna actually put this podcast to bed pretty soon. There was there was a lot of stuff going on. The entire leg was that amphitheater. Everything oh, yeah. everything else was window dressing. And it was it was a, it was a the run. So we ran the. Our plan, we just got to the water as, you know, cause and it was turned. along the water and then turned left. I think yeah. Brian and Dusty overshot it. They, no, they totally did. So I noticed that when we got, so where we were, if they were in the same spot as we were, which they were, you basically go straight down a hill toward the water mm-hmm. and then you look to your left because the white tower was catty corner. So this is, this is where the uh, plates were broken. And then the other side of the screen is where the white tower is. Mm-hmm. So somehow Dusty, like w- w- what everyone else did was down and then over. Somehow Dusty and Ryan came out here and I'm pointing to, to my finger is like on the other side of the extreme caddy corner. They probably still did it faster than I ran it. Oh God, they're so fast. They're so fast. Also, again, nothing changed in order once we left that amphitheater so, because it because of how much time difference there was in everything. So I was, we were pretty confident that we had not seen Anyone. Anyone. Yeah. So we knew we weren't, we knew we weren't first. We knew, well, there was smash plates there. And, and so, but I also felt like we probably had 20 to 30 minutes. I remember this. this. And so we were going through these downtown streets and they give you leg money. And you never use it. Maybe, well, because we're not in cabs. Like to, right. in previous seasons, you're not in cabs. And then also you would use it to buy food in the airports or whatever you needed to do. Tolls. Toll, like stuff like that. But we we never use it. So we had like 50 euros burning a hole in the fanny pack. And Penn, at one point, we made it to the water. It was it was a hot day, but it was a pretty day. And he stopped. He goes, and there was a bar right there. He goes, do you want to go slam a glass of wine? <laughs> and I was like, I really do. And so we... And I, the people and they, the, like, I think what season was it early on? It was like season two or three. Somebody like stopped. eliminated group that they knew they were in last who stopped. I don't even remember. It was super early. Like they had an entire meal. And so there was only, we ran the entire time and there's clips of us like running through these alleys and pen, they have you peeing in the, on the air. I remember when you're like, if there's a mattress on the ground, you can pee there. Do you remember that when we stopped and you peed in the alley? They put that on. They didn't show you peeing. But it's on. 
YouTube. The internet? Yeah, it's on the internet. So we were in these little alleys. And we actually, and so funny, we weren't lost, but that's just what it looked like. A, the city looked like a maze. Yeah. And then once you were in this prop, city proper, so we did not stop to get a glass of wine because I was like, if we come in last because we slammed a yeah, glass of wine. Yeah, if we see somebody running past us. But I mean, what? Too much. It would have been too much, but we, I really, I was like, my knees were bleeding. My hands, like there was blisters all over my hands, my wrist. My wrist is still messed up. And there was this big lump here from like, I remember that. from, from yep. doing that. And uh, I was like, mama could use a nice soft Blanc, a little Savvy B. Or whatever they have in Greece. Whatever they have Who in cares? Greece. Yeah. And, um, but we did not. We got there and we found our friend Phil and our cool friend, um, the philosopher. Yeah. Was that Socrates or was Socrates? No. There was Aristotle and there was Socrates. And I can't remember this which is was another, which. Another guy. He was also the casting department in Amazing Race. It's just like... Knocking it out of the park. Chef's yeah. kiss. Be, <laughs> this guy... Much like the original philosopher the, did not speak English. Well, and he <laughs> he was like in a wine barrel, I think that was supposed yeah, to be. and a diaper. And bless that Some man. sort of under underwear, undergarment. And uh, look, we were happy to see him. It was... I think that the sky reflects our moods sometimes, mm. right? It was, uh, it was a bit of a stormy dark sky at that point at that point and we were not the first of the mat in three legs and so there was obviously a recognition that this is not going to be a cakewalk and we had known from day one unlike some people we had known from day one that these two girls were badasses and uh and so there was no surprise when they won but I mean, when you're winning all these legs and then all of a sudden you're not, and it wasn't even close because it was, I don't know how it was, it was like, it was, well, it was at least a half an hour. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like was 20 to 30 minutes. Down. It yeah. was a very convincing win for them. You saw their celebration. They had so, happy so much. Kai, it was great. I mean, everybody was, I was smiling yeah. when I saw it on TV, but they're so good. They, Kayla's like me. She has goals that she sometimes keeps to themselves. And then you kind of hear them get revealed like long-term, like really kind of stretch for the moon goals. I think there's some people who say them out loud to try to bring them into realization, but you heard her finally say, we're going to be the fourth team of all girls to win the amazing race. And I, and you've heard me say it on this race. It's like, we want to win, but if we don't, we wanted a female team yeah. to win. I felt very protective of the female teams and I always cheer for the female teams, like when watching this race. So like it, the, and they are, they are as charming as you see on TV and they are just a force. That's um, great. I did not want to lose that leg. No, uh, I, uh, I mean, no, of but, course we wanted to win. And yeah. um, at that point, again, I think the aftermath, we can talk about the aftermath. We stayed in a lovely Greek hotel and my darling husband, he was just like walking around me like, are you okay? Are you doing? And so I had to, I had like gravel on my knees. So yeah. he, we're in this hotel and he, he took all the shampoo bottles and he like emptied them in the bathtub and made me a bubble bath. Oh, that's right. And then he, like I had a, he took a washcloth and he was like getting the gravel out of my knees and cleaning all of my cuts. And he was really, he was really sweet, but I was like questioning some life decisions. I was like, I'm a middle-aged mom on the, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? And we were all, uh, anybody who did that, except for Raquel, because she got out of there the fastest and she's the youngest, <laughs> we were hurting. I mean, go crawl around your driveway 
for two and a half hours. I uh, mean, that was like what it was. Give me an honest answer here. How long do you think I would have lasted on that challenge? Because you know about my knees. I have jumper's knees. So if you like, this is my patella and this is the start of my tibia. Look how far apart they are. So this little area here it would have been really hard an absolute for you. disaster. It hurts for me to put any type of pressure on it. So I can't imagine it lasting been, more than four minutes out there. No, you would have done it because you're a determined person, but... Oh, but I would have complained about it for so much longer but the than five you. mile run afterwards, we would not have run. Yeah. You would have been... It would have been... Yeah, put me in a wheelchair. Yeah, because he actually... I mean, his, he does have terrible knees. So they had scenes for the next... Yeah. So the there, there are still four teams. So it was a non-elimination and I was actually happy for this one. I think sometimes then I, you know, you want to get on with it, right? You want, you want to, you're glad that no one got eliminated because of the theater. Right. Okay. I'm with you on that. Yeah. And I just felt like Ryan and Dusty are a force and the, the person in me who wants to win a million dollars is like, this take out this team that on, on the balance has the best average. Also the competitive person in me is like, if we, if we, go and do this. I want to say that we were, we beat the best team. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to, I wanted to race with them. So the final it's next week. We have one more week of this hot mess. It's, it's two hours of and there's two legs yeah. next week. So it's a two hour finale. Um, we are meeting up with most of the cast in Miami. So Lulu and Lala are planning a great party. I highly suggest you, if you're going to go on a reality show, it should be with Lulu and Lala. Oh, they, yeah. they plan great parties. Yeah. Um, so where you see us next talking about this will be probably in a hotel room somewhere. Or yeah. like, we'll see where we're going to set it up. We're going to, I'm going to try to bring some of this stuff with us. And uh, you might actually see and hear from some of the other characters as we wrap this up. This week was interesting. Next week is going to be even more interesting. And to say that we got to the last week is great, but we're not quite at the finale yet. Cause as we said, there's another leg. You have got to make it through to get there. Got to make it through. Yeah. And our kids were so I think they both came over after you see, like you literally see me crying before anybody else gets there. And they both came over and gave me big hugs. Yes. And even while then, you were looking for the rocks. Yeah. And then yeah. they just kind of sat with me and then, oh, my mom is in town. She came to visit. And so she got to watch last night and I had to warn her. I'm like, mom, I actually, I'm not a joy to watch these shows with. Like, I don't want a lot of chit chat. I was like, we're not asking questions. Like, and especially <laughs> that one. I'm like, you don't want your mom to see you like that. Yeah. Her reaction, she was very proud and very sweet and yeah. everything. And at the end she goes, wait a second, you came in first all those times. And then you have to, and you, you know, you won by a big margin and you still have to leave with somebody else. And then you come in second one time and we'd come in second before, um, and you have to leave. So we're on the second group. So Raquel and Kayla will leave by themselves. And we are on the second group leaving next week. You heard Phil say, and she's like, that's not fair. I'm like, that is such the mom thing to say. You have a very supportive family who loves you very much. They're, they're glad that you got through that. I'm glad you got through it. I'm so sorry that that those stones, uh, you know, they say sticks and stones will break my bones and that should just be the end. That's the end. They don't need to say anymore. Sticks and stones may break my bones. That's the new saying. And they, we don't really care about words, may the break, stones. May break my soul. Yeah, that's um, it. That's it. We're getting rid of the, the, uh, the end of that saying. Well, thanks guys for listening and for supporting yes. us. We'll see you next week and we'll talk about how the Amazing Race season 33 finished. Bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.